devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson and it's another big show talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me on the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hi, Rob. Fresh from your appearance on By The Minute Rugby League podcast, how was it? Yeah, it was good, mate, yeah. Just spreading the word of Salford and uh, defending our defeat against Wigan. But yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Enjoyed it. Cool. Also done the show, we've got Dan Robinson, right, Dan? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, Paul. How are we doing, pal? You having a good week, mate? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not not much of a good end of last week with the uh, result, but... You know, onwards and upwards, and we'll uh, we'll see and talk about uh, obviously Huddersfield on Thursday night. Cool. So, what we've we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the news. We've got the amateur report. We've got the review of the Wigan defeat, and we've also got a preview of this week's big game against Huddersfield on Thursday. Cool. So, what we'll do we'll uh, we'll start with the news. So, all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils. Not much news because obviously we're recording this on Monday. Uh, and it's obviously the game was on Saturday, so not much going on uh, at the moment. But we have picked up some pieces of news, um, which those fans need to know. Huddersfield uh, tickets for the game on Thursday are available now. Uh, and free travel, Paul, to Huddersfield, uh, hoping for a big crowd. Yeah, and I think the free the free travel is like something that RFL are involved with, aren't they, on Thursday nights. And, you know, Thursday night is quite, probably quite a difficult game for people to get to, you know, game time on a Thursday. So I think free travel and subsidised, you know, entrance as well, 15 quid, I think it is, for adults. When he got me, me ticket, um, my dad got his ticket today and he said it was 15 quid. So that that's not bad at all, is it, for a Super League game? And I believe we've sold a few coaches, haven't we, Rob, up to now? So hopefully there's going to be a big following there to, to cheer us on. Yeah, three coaches uh, full up already. Uh, Dan, getting ready to go to Huddersfield. £15 for adults, £10 concessions, £5 for juniors. Uh, you know, it's, hopefully we'll get a big crowd down there and it'll support the boys. Against well, last season we had quite a good turnout there away. Um, you know, we, we did quite well and we got obviously the the result in the end. Um, and there was quite a lot of fans. And you know, the past couple of seasons we've had a good following at Huddersfield. You know, I remember um, doing the uh, podcast at the game, uh, doing the match videos with Andy Steele. Uh, we were talking about you know how the you know the away end was was quite full and they actually had to move some of the flags that they had uh, to to accommodate all the you know the fans. So. You know, we can get a good following down there on a Thursday night. Like you know, they said it's going to be free travel, um, and obviously subsidised tickets. Um, I think it's only fifteen pound for the ticket. You know, why not? You know, let's let's get as many down as we can to the, you know, the John Smith Stadium in Huddersfield, and hopefully we'll get our first victory of the the twenty seventeen campaign. Yeah, free travel's available for season ticket holders, uh, and tickets must be bought in advance. So get yourself down to the club and uh, pick up the tickets and pick up the free travel. Next bit of news: uh, we still don't know. What's happened with Todd Carney? Paul, he's not here yet. <laughs> the next bit of news is no news. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you know, the, the news is he's on his way. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll be here shortly. Yeah, what I said, didn't he, on Saturday after the game, that he was he was ready. He was, he'd been watching the game. They sent him some stuff, haven't they? He sat there, his bags are packed. I think he's just have to plug in and get over it. So, uh, you know, he said there might be some news at the start of this week. You know, he's recording this, like he said, it's Monday. So, next couple of days, we might we might hear something. And, you know, fingers crossed, he'll be here sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think what I was lying with, he's at his mum's with his bag packed down. Uh, I bet his mum's getting quite annoyed. him just sat there waiting. It's like he's 16 again, trying to get him out of the house. <laughs> yeah, but it is, you know. But we can get him, you know. I think he's going to be a massive part for us um, this season. Because if we can get him fit, you know. And, you know, I don't know about you boys, but I thought Rob Lee was a bit disappointing uh, against Wigan. As I think, you know, some... 
fans have, have mentioned about it. So, you know, the competition we've got for places in that area, you know, it can only be good for us, can't it? Yeah. So hopefully we get his you know, visa sorted out and uh, turn up playing for Salford the Red Shirt shortly. Uh, next bit of news, clubs uh, released a new video, Paul, um, you know, documenting the game against Wigan. It's very professionally done and it looks very, very good. Yeah, I've not seen it yet, to be honest. I did see one... Um... For the whole game, there was one knocking about for the whole game, wasn't there? So yeah, I'll have to uh, have to watch that. But um, yeah, we hope they've not caught me on it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when the when the when the drone and the camera's been knocking about, but yeah, it's cool. I like, can that's definitely really good. tell you they didn't catch me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I say, Dan, you've seen it like myself, and I'm very impressed with it. It looks very professional, and you know, it's a good you know media to you know get out there, you know, to fans and potential fans to try and entice them in. Yeah, because, you know, by all accounts, there was a lot of new fans that, that turned up um, on Saturday to come watch the game. And, you know, I, I met a few uh, in and around the stadium, you know, that, that it was their first, you know, game. They've been recommended by someone, they bought a season ticket. And, you know, the more we can promote the club, the better it's going to be for fan stability and it get more people, bums on seats at the end of the day. You know, because the bums on seats are what keep the club going. So, you know, yeah, the, the, the more we can do to promote and you know, get the club out there, then that's, you know, it's fine by me. Yeah, and it's all like talking about big attendances, uh, Paul. You know, big attendance on on Saturday, um, 94% up on our average last year. Uh, that shows the club, you know, all the hard work they put in over the last few weeks to publicise the winning game has uh, paid off. Yeah, it certainly was, you know, and sitting in the West Stand where there were quite a lot of Salford supporters go, it was pretty fun in there on, on Saturday and the South Stand as well. I know Wigan brought a, brought a decent following, didn't they? But there was a lot of Salford supporters there on Saturday. And, you know, it, it was it was heartwarming to see, really. And you know, we've got two away games now. Our next home game is another Saturday game, Saturday afternoon game. We're playing Warrington, so you'd expect Warrington, you know, to bring a, bring a good following again. So, really, hopefully the club could perhaps push that game and perhaps try and get 6,000 again or perhaps try and beat the Wigan attendance. How good would that be if we could get another 6,000 against Warrington? So, uh, so yeah, with a bit of good market and I'm sure I'm sure we can aim for that. Yeah, 6,253 uh, was the attendance um, according to the Super League pod boys uh, who wrote a really good blog all about the attendances and they said that basically it was 53% up down on last year's game against Wigan, which is, you know, a very good achievement for me. Yeah, it is. You know, again, you know, speaking about myself again about, you know, getting bums on seats, you know, the more fans we can get at, at the games, you know, the better it will be. You know, I, I, a moment sticks in my memory of um, uh, Josh Griffin when he left us at the end of the season. You know, he said he's looking forward to going to Hull to play in front of a big crowd. Well, we can't really argue him there because we weren't getting big crowds at, at the AJ Bell Stadium. But hopefully now, you know, I think we've got the team that can go out and do do the business more times than you know we're going to lose so hopefully that'll um encourage people to start coming back to the club and fall back in love with Salford rugby yeah they went to the lowry lowry center uh, they went to uh, tesco they went to loads of schools and colleges in in the city paul you know what else do you think the club could do to try and entice uh, new fans in next time for the game against warrington mm, you put me on the spot there haven't you <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, you know, in the hot seat, in the hot seat. Well, for the kickoff, we need to beat Huddersfield, don't we? That'd be a good thing if we could get a win under our belts. Um, if we could win it headingly as well, you know, that'd be like a, a massive thing. I'm not too sure, really. Just keep doing what they're doing at the moment, growing the, the name of the club. It was very good on, um, on on Saturday, I thought, to see the amount of juniors that were there. Um, I think there was like a junior rugby competition at Earlham, wasn't there? There's some, I put some stuff in the amateur report about that, and it's great to see um, you know, all the kids from, from Oldham St. Anne's who've got a big 
big ties with the club as well. I mean, I know that it's not exactly in Salford, but we're probably the nearest Super League team to places like Oldham and Rochdale. And it's great to see those, those kids, you know, coming down and getting a good uh, relationship with the club. So, so yeah, the, the more they can do in the community, the more children we get involved and things like that, it's just only going to grow the brand of, uh, of Salford Red Devils. Yeah, both the, with the junior Reds, Dan. Um, you know the new, the new, the, the, the devil mascot. You know it's all you know pointing the right direction to get the kids uh, involved and hopefully you know generate future generations of fans to come. Yeah, because you know all us three, that's what got us hooked, didn't it? You know when we first came, we were all part of the junior devil system. You know it was good to go down with your your autograph book and you know meet the you know the stars that we 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 grew up with. You know and it's if we can bring that back to the club like they are doing. You know, and the amount of kids that were there on on Saturday was was fantastic to see, because you know with every with every child they had to be an adult with them, so you know there was more bums on seats, which was good again. So yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as much as the club can promote the club, we'll do the same here on the podcast at Devil in the Detail. I'm sure other pages that you know follow us over rugby league will keep promoting it. So if we keep doing our bit, then you know hopefully the club will grow. Yeah, that's what it's all about, Dan. Everyone supporting the club and you know generating news and, and interest in the in the city and amongst everyone's friends, I suppose, and, and getting more people uh, to come down and watch the game. So that's the end of the news. And what we'll do now, we'll uh, talk about the defeat against Wigan on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Saturday afternoon, Salford Red Devils took on the Wigan Warriors and went down 26 points to 16 at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. Battling formers for Salford in that second half, but unfortunately, not enough for the victory. Yeah, it was the first half an hour, really, wasn't it, that sort of cost us. Um, Wigan blowing us away with them four tries and then getting one right in half time as well. And um, they, they played well, I thought, Wigan. They, they sort of caught us cold. They caught us cold. That why Gildart did well. Farrell did well. But it was pleasing, I thought, the way we played in the second half. You know, we we uh, you know to keep Wigan scoreless in a half. You know, a side as good as them. There's something to build on there, isn't there? I mean, you've seen Salford performances in the past. I mean, last couple of seasons we played. You know, not last season, the season before we played Wigan and St Helens a couple of times at home, didn't we? And got blown away. So for us to for us not to get blown away and hang in there, I thought you know it's credit to the the players. Yeah, Salford's lineup: Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Greg Johnson, Nile Levels, Junior South, Justin Carney, Michael Dobson, Robert Louis, Craig Cockjack, Josh Wood, Lee Mossett, Josh Jones, George Griffin, and at loose holes, Mark Flanagan. On the bench for Salford was Chris Brining, Ollie Crinicket, Lamatazzi, and Adam Warren. Uh, Josh, Josh Jones back from injury, Dan. Uh, you know, a bit of a surprise there for us. We thought he was out for a few weeks. Yeah, he was. And, you know, he was a late call up into the team as well. Uh, by all accounts, you know, it was a last-minute move because uh, I think in the warm-up he had uh, Chris Wellham and uh, Ryan Lannan who was warming up with the team. So I thought, you know, they might have got the, the nod ahead. He was just out there to to sort of fill the uh, fill in and get and try and get a little bit of fitness. But no, he, when he was putting the teams, yeah, I was quite surprised. But you know, I think he he, he did quite well because um, obviously he switched to uh, when Junior Sar went off with a concussion. He switched into centre from second row and then back to second row and you know he's like that Josh Jones he's a good versatility player isn't he? and I think he'll uh, he'll he'll help us throughout the season in in any position that, that we need him to play in um, but yeah you know there's a few surprises in there um, I thought I thought you know Michael Dobson again was outstanding um, as a lot of our three were match reports have said how, how fantastic he was uh, but yeah as Paul said you know you've got to take the uh, the good with the bad, aren't you? I mean, the first half, we, we didn't really show up, did we? we didn't have anything 
uh, to offer. Um, I thought we looked a bit flat going forward. I thought we looked a bit clueless in the final 20 of the field uh, sometimes. But that second half, to, to, to be nil at half-time and then to nil Wigan in the second half, like I said, you got to take positives at it and, uh, and go into Thursday's game with uh, the positive rather than the negatives. Yeah, looking back at the game, Oliver Gilda up the scoring for Wigan after four minutes, Paul. Uh, kind of in the corner, Durgis pushes it back into play and he dives over. You know, I, I thought it was near a touch, but obviously looking at second time round, it was it was a good try. Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, Joel Burgess coming back, making his second debut for Wigan. I was impressed with him. I thought he played really well. He's an exciting exciting player, isn't he? And uh, Oliver Gildart, we know all about him when we had him on loan a couple of seasons ago. He, he, he was only a young kid then, wasn't he? Very inexperienced. But you could see he had that touch of quality about him. And he's blossoming into to a really good centre. And I bet he's a good shout to be in that World Cup squad. But, uh, but yeah, it was the worst possible start for us. I mean, after, um, you know, we, we did make a, a decent break early on. And Robert Louis just couldn't quite finish it off, couldn't quite take the ball in, and we looked quite dangerous. You know, Todd Carney had a couple of couple of chances as well, didn't he? And that we couldn't take, but uh, but no, no, Wigan Wigan started like an house on fire, really. Yeah, big moment in the game. Uh, Junior South uh, looks like he's going over the line. Dan gets uh, you know banged on the edge to stop him from scoring. What do you think? You think it was uh, you know naughty, a bit of a foul play there? Yeah, it was, and I think you know the referee was a bit. Um... You know, wrong to only put the on report. You know, every single person in the the stadium uh, seen that high shot, and even you know the Wigan players all looked a bit at each other, thinking, "Oh, something's going to happen here." But again, you know, with it being Wigan, nothing happened. Um, and I know Junior was really annoyed at half time uh, that nothing was sort of done about it. Um, you know, he, he he brought his issues up uh, at half time. Um, as did you know a lot of the players, um, and I think it was you know quite bad because to be fair, there was quite a few you know chances, and I thought that especially the one when um, Niall Evalds went to go through, and it was Gellin that sort of pulled him back and tackled him. Now for me, and I don't know about you boys, that is a professional foul, and I was always under the impression that professional fouls in rugby league get ten minutes in the bin, and again nothing happened. So it was you know some key decisions. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming the the official for the result. You know, we lost the game fair and square. But I think little things like that, you know, it, it can swing a game, can't it? And, you know, maybe that would have swung the game in our favour. Who knows? I think it's a brave referee, Paul, that, you know, gives them two big decisions against Wigan. Uh, I know Ben Thaler got a bit of stick on the old, uh, on Twitter. But, you know, for me, apart from them two big decisions there, he was, he was OK. Yeah, um, they shouldn't have to be brave decisions, though. Rob. You should give the same decision to, you know, no matter who it is. You should, you've got to play to the rules. I mean, I'm not going to blame the referee. Um, but just going back to the, the Junior Sow incident, you know, listening to Charmaine in the press conference, he was convinced there was nothing wrong with it. Um, he sort of said, oh, it was on his on his shoulder, it was it was perfect, there was nothing, nothing in it at all. And then speaking to Ian Watson 10 minutes later, he said the complete opposite. I mean, I've only seen it once live and it all happened pretty quick. I was the other side of the field, so, but it did look, Hi to me. I mean, Junior Sal's an honest player, isn't he? and he he was down there, and that, that's unlike him. So I I thought that was quite a key incident because it sort of took a, took a bit of steam out of us. That and just going back to the other one where where Niall Evalds was was held back, um, as Dan said, that was a professional foul, and you know that that's the rule. It is. It's ten minutes in the similar it used to be. So whether they've changed that, I, I don't know. But I thought it was a bit unfortunate there with, with, with those two incidents and. Um, you know, who knows what what could have could have happened. To be fair, I was there about eighty yards away up in the gods, so I didn't I can't call it from where I was stood. But you know, Sofa did have a few opportunities. Justin Carney, you know, had a couple of half chances in the corner and Dan, it's up to it's up 
us to be able to take chance like that. If we're able to convert them, uh, that's how we get in the, in the top eight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, you get in the top eight by winning games, don't you? It's fair and square. You know, it's, it's a results business, isn't it? Rugby. Um, you know, you need to get the results. But for me, I think if um, Dobson's first try, uh, that um, you know, uh, is it turning the fullback managed to? Uh, Sort of hold him up all the line. That's that's for me. That's probably going to be a tackle of the season. If I'm honest with you, you know it sort of echoes uh, Danny Houghton's tackle at, at Wembley. You know because it was dead certain for Michael Dobson to score that, and he didn't. Having said that, if he did score that, I think it would have made you know the last sort of five, six minutes a little bit more interesting because obviously we would have been only one score behind at that point, and we all know you know from the heroics of last season what we can do in two minutes. Yeah, I suppose in that first half, though, Paul, Wigan did build up a lead after our chances. Burgess uh, went over through after a kick through. Gildart danced over again. Uh, and then, obviously, Williams scored for them as well. It was, you know, to be honest, we, we, the play was with us. We were playing, you know, the better rugby. And Wigan just hit us on the counter-attack in a way. They did. But one thing when you play to sides like Wigan, they're clinical, aren't they? They'll take yeah. the chances. And that's how you finish in that, that sort of top four. You take chances and win games, don't you? You look at us... You know, Justin Carney had a few chances there. If that had been sort of Wigan, they'd have took them chances. And if we're going to get into that top eight and progress, we've we've got to do that. It's no use carving out chances and not and not taking them. You've got to get the you've got to get the points on the board, don't you? And can't afford to give a side like Wigan a 20, 26 nil nil start. Can you know what I mean? Whether that was because Wigan were, were a lot better than us or whether we were a bit off pace in the first half, I'm not too sure. I think it's a bit of a mixture of both. But I think we've got to be more clinical with the ball and, and take our opportunities because we had a few opportunities in that first half we did do and um, you know we didn't take them and we left ourselves a bit too much to do I think at perhaps 20 nil, we, we might have still been in it but I think that try right on half time when uh, when Joe Tompkins went over a bit of a soft try that, that pass from, from Lula and I think that sort of killed us off really yeah the old standard try just for half time uh, Dan you know it's the kind of thing that we, we did a lot last season and the season before and the season before that it's the kind of thing really we do need to address and, and fix up, don't we? Because we can't afford to keep giving teams that try just for our time. Because basically, you know, it changes Ian Watson's team talk totally, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, you know, as you've just said, we seem to always do it. You know, we always concede a try in that last five minutes before the first half. And, you know, it's it, it's it's gut-wrenching at times because, you know, look at the score, 26-16. If they would have got that last try, 20 points to 16 it could have been, and we still had time on the clock. You know, it was only one score, converted try, and we were we were in, in front in the game. And it's little things like that where we've just got to sharpen up, I think. You know, we've got to be more clinical in attack going forward. But again, we've got to be a bit smarter without the ball. Uh, you know, I thought some of the chances that, that Wigan obviously, you know, created and, and did convert, I thought Williams' was, uh, you know, great individual effort, effort by Williams to score the try. But I was very disappointed in the defence and how he just managed to, to walk through a number of players and, and go just to the left of the post. So, you know, if, if we iron these little issues out that we've got at the minute, you know, we're only one game in, let's not panic. It's wigging at home, you know, you're playing the champions. Yes, we've lost, but we've got to take the positives out of it. We, we scored 16 unanswered points in that second half. So we've got to take the positives. We've got to go into the game against Huddersfield full of confidence and get them two points and get the season up and running for us to attack these top eight. Yeah, like Dan says, we, we were 26-0 down at half-time, Paul, but we came back, we came roaring back a try uh, by Chris uh, Brining just after half-time, Paul. Did you know it was a good effort, that? Uh, showed his class diving over? He certainly did, yeah. He showed a, a good eye there for the gap there. He was, he was alert, and I was impressed with uh, with Chris. I thought, if, if 
I thought he played well again. He rung well. His distribution was good. Um, I'd just like to see him, you know, I think he will when he gets a bit more confidence. Just just going from dummy half a bit more because he's got the pace and he's going to cause teams problems in this season. He's had a big step up from, from League One. Um, you know, he's come up two divisions there and, and he's, it's going to take him a while to find his feet, but he is doing. And you can see he's got that bit of class about him, that bit of pace. And I think he's going to have a really good season. I was very pleased for him when he, when he got that try because he worked hard on, on Saturday and he was one of the, you know, one of our top performers. So he was very pleased and he got over the line. Yeah, we played a good tempo at that point, Dan. Good territory. Tested Wigan a lot. We had the Dobson chance as well. Uh, and, you know, for a good sort of 25, 30 minutes there, we were, we were playing very well. Yeah, and we did play some good rugby, you know. Don't get me mistaken in, in you know, me saying that we were quite poor and everything. At some points, we did look quite good with the ball, which we have done for the past couple of seasons. Our attack, you know, going forward, as Andy Riley mentioned on last week's show, you know, we, we were good with the ball. But, you know, reiterate what, what Paul said, we've just got to take our chances. It's all fair and well, you know, creating chances. But unless you convert those into points, you know, you're not going to win a game. And that is exactly what happened on Saturday against Wigan. Yeah, and obviously Salford got back on the score sheet a try by Junior South. Good work by O'Brien. Puts him over. Holland, you know, Junior South scoring tries like that. That's a key, you know, a key to our to our season, I reckon, this year. Yeah, we scored a few last season, Junior South. It was a nice move that I thought, you know. And I'm not too sure how long it was left. There about 20 minutes or so left there. No, sorry, there wasn't. There was about 10 minutes left, wasn't there? And it was 26-10 then. So, yeah, they, we're still, we can still have us at arm's length, didn't they? But we kept on working, didn't we? And we kept throwing the ball about. And that, that was the pleasing thing for me. Uh, we didn't throw the towel and we, we kept working. And, you know, if the game had gone on another 10 minutes, you never, you never know what would have happened. But I think we just left ourselves a bit too much to do. But as Dan says before, I think there's plenty to take out again. There's plenty of positives to take out of that match. And, uh, you know, Wigan, Wigan are going to be in the top two or three, aren't they, this season? And, you know, to lose by 10 at home, it's no uh, no sort of embarrassment. So, uh, so yeah, it's not all, all's not lost. Yeah, in the closing stages, Michael Dobson uh, went over under the post, Dan. You know, he was another great performance by him on uh, Saturday. Well, for me, he was man of the match. You know, there was no question about that. I thought his organisation skills, you know, he carried us throughout that 80 minutes and he was organising players he was creating chances his kicking game was good um, you know like I said I, th- I thought he was a bit disappointed with his partner uh, Rob Lewis I thought he had a very poor game um, at, at standoff um, but you know he, he's a fantastic player as we know Dobbo you know he does quite well in, in leading the you know the the team going forward and that's what you want in a captain you know you want a leader and he certainly does stand up and make himself counted yeah, Paul, you managed to speak to Ian Watson after the game, and this is what they have to say. Coach's Corner. I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Ian Watson You know, after today's defeat. Thanks for talking to us, Ian. You know, that must have hurt you that a bit there, that first half. Yeah, just disappointing um, the way we, where we started the game. I thought we started the game quite well in the way we played. Is We created a few opportunities. We just weren't resilient enough on the back of that. We, we let Wigan come, come back at us and get a few points on the board. And then we kind of fell away from it a little bit. And then second half again, we respond the right way, which is what we want. You want a response on the back of it. But we don't want to get ourselves in them positions. That day, early on there, Robert Louis, if you could have took that pass, we could have got over there. It could have been a different story that first half. We, we seemed to build a bit of momentum there early on, didn't we? And obviously Justin Carney 
and a couple of chances as well. So we created the chances, we just couldn't get the points. Yeah, junior uh, with a head shot um, yeah. off Gellin as well. If, if he scores there as well, it puts you a different light in it as well. The big thing for us is we've got to take them uh, chances because you don't get that many against the top team like Wigan. So we've got to take them opportunities, make sure we finish yeah. them off so that we're going forward positively. You must be pleased with that second half to nil aside like Wigan as well. I know we had a lot of ball in that second half, didn't we? But we showed great character there, didn't we? Yeah, second half we, we played the game the way we talk about playing and, and we completed a lot better. First half we made them little errors, um, especially coming out of yardage and things like that. So we, we end up our completion rate ends up differently and you put yourself under pressure to do more defending that way. But second half was more us. We need to move forward keeping that uh, mentality. Wigan are a good side as well. One, one comforting thing from, from my, your point of view probably is we're not going to be playing Wigan every week. How we are a team as intense as that. I know there's no easy games in Super League, but Huddersfield is a game perhaps we're going to be targeting to get the two points on yeah, it. What, what we've got to do is approach every game all that we're playing Wigan. That's the mentality. That's what we're just saying to the boys in there. If we have that mentality that the way we set up the second half and we're playing a Wigan every week is we start strong and we finish strong. What we did today was we started well, um, but like I say, we, we fell away from that a little bit once we'd, the opportunities didn't come our way, um, and we've got to be, be a bit more resilient. And hopefully we will be um, going forward and we'll learn our lessons quickly. Any injuries up, are we going to be good to go on? Um, no, we should be, we should be okay, to be fair. Um, we had a couple of head knocks, as we've seen, which disrupted us, didn't help us. Um, so hopefully um, there'll be no more that crop up. You never know straight after a game, we'll see if anything else crops up. Yeah, it was good to see Josh Jones back in as well. He always had a bit of an injury. It was a bit of a surprise seeing him come back in today. Yeah, Josh was getting closer. We knew he was going to be fit for the Huddersfield game the way he was kind of showing um, Jordan Moore's just not been able to kind of get through he keeps picking up mysterious injuries at the moment um, Jordan so he, he, we took him off against Toronto as a more caution training his hamstring's been grabbing a little bit and then yesterday it was just decided that Jordan was no good and then um, Josh Josh was put his hand up he said he's ready I want to go so we've gone with Josh and luckily he's got through the game so looks positive going forward to Huddersfield it was a good battle, really, in that second half, especially with the size of Wiggins packing on. We're missing well Araki and yep. uh, Big Ben as well. That's a big old lot of our side to stand up there in that second half like we did. You yeah. know, that's going to stand us in good stead. Yeah, the two big guys in Benny and Weller who you're missing in your group at the moment is, again, but we've got big guys ourselves this year. Our, our middles are a lot stronger, a lot better than what they were last year as well. So we feel comfortable we can front up to teams like Wigan and some of the bigger sides now, like you saw against Hull in the preseason friendly. We've got numbers in and we control that game quite well. Um, it's for us to do that consistently every week thanks for talking to us Ian and best of luck on Thursday mate yep cheers no problem Paul cheers mate cheers, cheers. Mate. coach's corner so Ian Watson you know quite happy with that performance in that second half yeah he was he was he, he seemed very upbeat Ian and, and when you when you speak to him you know he's He's great to talk to because he always in the same mood and he don't he don't sort of get have excuses and that and the the pleasing thing what what I got out of speaking to him was the way um, he sort of said we're going to approach the Huddersfield game we're going to approach every game like we're playing Wigan and and that to me is the perfect attitude and it was pleasing to hear that and I'm sure he will do and I'm sure the players will be switched on and, and ready for the job on Thursday. Yeah, I suppose testing himself against uh, Wayne every week. You know, wanting to improve as a coach. You know, playing like a Wigan, he's going to learn from that, and hopefully, Dan, he'll, he'll build on that uh, for the you know the months and years to come in, in a, at Salford. Yeah, he will, and you know, he's a fantastic coach, is Ian. You know, he's he's learned quite a lot um, in, in his coaching experience. You know, and I think with you know what's good about it is he's a Salford lad, into you know, he's he's passionate about the club, he's passionate about the fans, he's passionate about the the badge on the chest. And that's what you want in a, in a coach. You want him to be, you know, an, an influential person in the dressing room and on and off the field. And you know, he's got that. Ian, you know, I've spoken to him a number of times. 
at games, you know, before and sometimes in the tunnel. And he's got that knowledge of, of what we need and where he sees the club going. And, you know, if we can continue supporting him, and, you know, I know Blease is a big fan of him, but if we continue supporting him and we get the right people around him, which we have this year, you know, the likes of Willie Poachy, Martin Gleeson, Gareth Carrell still at the club, you know, we've got a good sort of core you know, ex-players then have got a lot of experience and if they can pass their knowledge on, then, you know, I think I think we're going, going to hold us in good stead. Yeah, we managed to grab hold of uh, night levels after the game, Paul, and uh, this is what you have to say about the game. Right, joined by Nia Levels after today's 26-16 uh, defeat. What, what are your thoughts on today now? Yeah, it was a, it was a game of two halves, really. You know, we started off, started off too slow. We, you know, we couldn't control that rook speed. Um, they got rolling. You, know, you can't afford to do that to a Wigan side. So. But you know, I thought we'd come back. We only made that second half. And, you know, if we'd have just started off like, like we did in that second half and that first half, you know, it might have been a different story. But you know, we've, we've got a good game Thursday to come back to so. You know, hopefully we'll, we'll turn it around for that. Showed a lot of fight and a lot of spirit in that second half. Then to Neil Wigan as well, who's a phys- very physical side, big side as well, aren't they? Some big blokes on there. Yeah, yeah, they are a big side. It was, uh, you know, that second half was what we've been into all, all game. You know, we just we just talked about repeat sets, getting in that arm wrestle, getting in that grind, and um, just playing simple really. And you know, it's it's just that first half really that cost us today. Um, it's a few mistakes, a few uh, sloppy defence, and uh, yeah, it's cost us. Huddersfield had a good win last night at Witness, didn't they? So that, obviously that's been our next game. That must be a game we're targeting, though. Huddersfield finished down in the bottom four last season, so they're probably a team we're targeting to win. So looking forward to that one Thursday, yeah, you know, and yeah, getting back on the arse. Yeah, it should be a good game, you know. Uh, these first few fixtures, you know, you sort of want to get some wins under your belt, you don't want to be, you know, a few losses can lead, lead uh, you know, to a bad situation. So yeah, we're definitely targeting these, these first few games to get some, some points on board. And, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully we can put that second half into practice and uh, forget the result. Well, best of luck on Thursday, Alan. Thanks for talking to us, mate. Thank you. So, fair assessment there from Niall about what happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he, he was disappointed, Niall. Um, you could you could tell that by speaking to him, but um, you know he he knows what the score and he knows it's a long season as we all do. It's one we're one game in, aren't we? What we've got to do is we've got to take the the positives out of that game and you know the things that they didn't do right and and put that right and put it into practice this week on the training pitch. I mean, it's short term now, isn't it? Thursday night's game, but I am confident. You know, speaking to Ian there, I think the players will be switched on for Thursday at Huddersfield. Cool. Looking at our three-word match reports, we've got loads of them uh, this week. Uh, Kevin Edwards, Ben Faylor, rubbish. Um, Mike Dixon take our chances his man of the match was uh, Mossop Dan you know he's a big forward playing against his former club uh, got man of the match uh, you know stood up well there yeah we did you know he wanted to be you know prove a point really to the uh, the travelling supporters the travelling team you know I, I thought he did quite well uh, but again you know we've mentioned uh, Copper Craig Copjack he, he, he was really really good at going forward and he took some big you know, drives up the middle of the park and and created a platform for Dodson to do what he could. But for me, I think you you know, uh, I thought man of the match was definitely Michael Dobson, and then a close second was uh, Craig Cockjack. Yeah, other uh, three word match reports of man of the match. Right, edge issues uh, by Paul Foster. His man of the match was Dobbo. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton. Their man of the match was Dobson. Defense needs sorting. I suppose Paul early in the season, it's the kind of thing you work on it. You know, defense and. You know, I'm sure it'll come good in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sure it will do. I mean, Ian's got um, 
got a selection dilemma, hasn't he? He can change things around. I don't know. You know, Chris Wellham didn't make the the team, did he? On on Saturday, there's an option there with him, isn't there? Now now levels, can he he can move to the wing? So I think out wide there, we did look vulnerable at times on that on that left hand side. So yeah, Ian Ian will know when he wants to change things around, and that and like I say, it's early days yet, and we're not going to play Wigan every week, are we? So uh, so yeah, confident. Yeah. Next uh, one was Andy Rowe, uh, encouraging second half. Uh, is Van Arts is brining. Andy Smith, bad first half, great second half. Uh, Gary Williams, lots of lots to work on. His man of the match was Cop Jack. Uh, JK, SRLFC, concussions cost us Copper. You know, obviously, a couple of players went off. Rob Louie went off, Dan, uh, and Sal went off as well. It's kind of like, sort of, we had to rejig our team about a bit there in that, in that period, and it kind of disrupted us a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did, because we had to put a few players, you know, switch a few players around. I know also Craig Nicky came on at second row, uh, which pushed, obviously, um, Jones out into the centre. You know, um, Michael Dobson was left, really, in the middle of the park on his own. Gareth O'Brien tried coming in and helping out. So, it was a bit of rejigging, and obviously, that I think that's what cost us in that first half. You know, we couldn't really focus on the 13 that we had on the pits, because with, with early you know, injuries that they had to go off to have, obviously, assessments, uh, which I think is a fantastic thing, to be fair with you. I think having that in the, in the game, OK, you know, you lose your, your players, but it's about protecting the players' welfare, isn't it? And it is, it is good that that happens um, where they get a full assessment, but it did, obviously, cost us in the long run. Yeah, Briggs, 90, chances not taken. Uh, their man, his man actually was copy. Uh, Pete Grimshaw, Taylor bottled it, Dobson. Uh, Richard Martin, better second party. Uh, and his man, man of the match was Sal. Uh, Andrew Martin, uh, failure was awful. His man of the match was uh, Cop Jack. And Paul King, some promising moments. And his man of the match was Cop Jack. So, Paul, who was your man of the match on uh, on Saturday? I'm going to go along with Dobson as well. I thought Dobson, I thought he worked his socks off. I thought he kicked well. Um, he marshaled the team. He tackled well and all. He did, does an awful lot of tackling, Michael Dobson, a lot of the hard work as well. But George Griffin, I thought George did well. Um, he had to play a bit in the second row on um, on Saturday and he worked really hard, as did Craig Kopjak. Because playing against Wigan, they're a big physical side, aren't they? I mean, they play it close to the bone sometimes, Wigan. I think, you know, no disrespect to Sean Wayne and that, but I think that's that's how Wigan play, isn't it? They, they like to wrestle, they like to do the rough stuff. You know, Sean O'Loughlin's quite tough. And I thought, you know, we was. We were missing Wellaraki, we were missing Ben Murdoch Masilla, two two of our big enforcers in the pack really. And um not to stand up without your two big men against Wiggins Pack, I thought, you know, with the worked hard cop Jack and, and Griffin really. And are Mossup. You, are you sticking with your man of the match Dan from previous from before, Dobson? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't you can't beat him. I thought he was thought he was fantastic throughout the game. So that's two weeks that Michael Dobson has a, a clean sweep of the man of the match performances on the podcast. Uh, Paul, you know, he took his uh, captaincy, um, you know, his captaincy responsibilities brilliantly and obviously leading by example over the next last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And it's good to see him. We were saying last season, wasn't it, Michael Dobson? Was very good last season, I thought. I mean, we, we said the year before he struggled a bit of injury, but last season he, he's, done, he's done really well. It's just we just need to sort that standoff position out now. I don't really want to slag. Robert Louis off too much, but he has been out of form recently, and you know maybe Todd Carney coming in is is like the wake up call that Robert needs. Perhaps he just needs that bit of pressure on him, and perhaps if Todd Carney comes in and freshens things up, I think also with with a standoff, you know, playing better, it'll take a bit of pressure off Michael Dobson and allow him a bit more freedom, you know, to to create a bit more because at the moment he's 
you sort of having to do too much work if if um, if you if you like really. So uh, so yeah, watch this space on that one. Cool. Like I say, with Todd Carney waiting for his visa, Dan. You know he'll he'll come in, he'll play, and uh, you know it increases the competition for places around the the halfback positions, and it's only going to benefit us uh, as a club and as a team. Yeah, it is, and that's what we need. And we need people fighting for a competition, fighting for that, you know, starting jersey. And yeah, it's only going to be good for the club. Yeah, so Soft went down 26 points to 16 against Wigan Warriors. Right, we'll start off this week's amateur report by looking at the college rugby league and the universities like we usually do. And we'll start off, we've got a couple of results from. Um, Last week, last Wednesday they were, and it was a Northern Conference Cup between Manchester and Bradford, and Manchester ran away with that one by 60 points to 10, so congratulations to Manchester, they progressed through in that. In the College Rugby League, it was the AOC Knockout Cup, and it was Bishop Burton 4, Hotwood Hall 54, so Hotwood Hall progressing as well, congratulations to them. And there was a league match between Salford Red Devils and Morton, and that finished by 52 points to 28, that was in North West League 2. The fixtures for this week, they're on Wednesday the 15th of February, and it's the Northern Conference Cup in the University, and that is Manchester. Manchester against Liverpool, and uh, that's that's it for this week regarding the university fixtures. There's no college fixtures with it being half term this week, so uh, so we'll keep you up to date with the results and fixtures for next week. Salford under 16s were defeated by Cumbria Storm last week. Um, their game this week will be played on Saturday the 18th. That will be played at home. They're playing the City of Hull Academy on Saturday the 18th in a warm up match at three o'clock. The Ladbrokes Challenge Cup second round took place on Saturday. I've got all the results here for you. Feverston Lions nil, West Warriors 26. Haydock 30, Thornhill Trojans 20. Kells 14, Rochdale Mayfield 16 after extra time. So a fantastic win there for Mayfield progressing through. London Chargers 12, Fryston Warriors 40. Myton Warriors 18, York Acorn 4. Pilkington Rex 10, Siddall 32. Westall against the Heath Crusaders was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Wigan St. Pat's went down 18-20 at home to Egremont Rangers so a bit of a shock in that one the draw for the third round which will include the Kingston Press League 1 clubs will be streamed live on the BBC Sport website from 7 o'clock that is on Tuesday the 14th of February and the third round ties will be played on Saturday the 25th and Sunday the 26th of February I want a special mention this week also for Oldham St Anne's. Their youngsters were in action at Salford on, on Saturday in a rugby competition and especially their under-8s who had a great time dancing in the beer tent. So congratulations to Oldham St Anne's under-8s, under-9s, under-10s and under-11s. It was great to see you down at the AJ Bell Stadium and hopefully we'll see you there again this sometime this season. So well done to them. Caddy's Head Rhinos as well, they were in a, made the short trip to Earlham on Saturday. Their under-9s got their season underway with the tournament August organised by Salford Red Devils Foundation and they followed that up with a lap of honour at half time in the Salford Red Devils versus Wigan game so great to see Caddy's Head Rhinos in action and hopefully we'll have some results from the first team coming up soon and all the other local sides when their, their season gets underway in the next up and coming week so uh, so that's that's about it for this week that's all I've got for you this week I'll, uh, I'll catch you on the amateur report next week It's time for the Devil of the So, Salford Red Devils take on the Huddersfield Giants on Thursday night at the John Smith Stadium, Paul. And it's a you know a crucial game uh, for both sides this early in the season. It's important that you know 
we register another win on the field and us, we try and get our first league win of the season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We've spoke about it before, haven't we? Like, if we want to make this top eight, Huddersfield are probably one of the teams we're going to have to beat, aren't they? They're going to be in and around it, I think, scrapping for the top eight like us. Um, and they had a good win, didn't they, against Witness away from home on the first game of the season, 28 points to 16, they won there. They've, they've got quite, they had quite a few people making debuts as well, but look at their, their side. You know, Danny Bruff and, and Ryan Briley at halfback, there's two decent halfbacks there. You know, if they can click together this season... Huddersfield, you know, they could be they could be up there because they've got some good players and they backs as well. Leroy could Joe McGilvery. They're no pushovers, are they really, Huddersfield? And I was surprised at how poor they were last season. So I think we'll have to be on our guard on Thursday night. Yeah, talking about Huddersfield, Dan, you know, last year was a bit of an off season, you know, off season for them in a way, but they are a class act. They obviously, you know, competing in the top of Super League, haven't they, the couple of seasons before. So we do need to be on our game to, to beat them away, especially. Yeah, look, the Super League this season is going to be one of those seasons, isn't it, where you've got to be on your guard every week. You know, you don't know who could be, you know, turning out for, for whichever side that we play. You know, at the end of the day, it's 13 professionals on that pitch going to each other to win the game. Um, I'm going to echo what Paul said, though. I think, you know, you're going to be needing to beat teams like Cuddersfield because, you know, recruitment-wise, they haven't really recruited you know, outside of, of the championship, really. They've got a couple of, you know, Australian players in that, uh, you know, were fringe players at, at, at their the respective clubs in the NRL. But the majority of, of that squad this season have come from, from Bradford. You know, you've got Andy O'Brien, you've got Ferguson, you've got, um, what's the standoff called? Uh, Lee Gaskell. Lee Gaskell, yeah. You know, it's, it's them type of players that, you know, are they Super League quality? Well, Huddersfield must think so in order to, to go for him. But I think, you know, we we need to be beating these, these teams around us uh, in order to push into that top eight because I do think it is going to be a close season to get into that top eight. Yeah, Andy Rowland mentioned it on last week's show, uh, Paul, about ambition and, you know, Huddersfield picking up these players from Bradford. You know, does that a message, you know, is that a message that's sent out to Super League? Are we looking at them thinking, you know, perhaps they're not looking at to be the top club they once were? Uh, yeah, well, sometimes you, you, you can only sign the players that are available, aren't you? And perhaps that's all that was available to them. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't really read too much into it to who they've signed. They've still got some quality players there, haven't they, from, from last season as well. You know, if you if you go right through the side, as I mentioned, Briley and Brough, Ryan Inchliff's a good player, Lawrence, Yakuma Tai, they've got some good forwards as well, haven't they? So they're always, they're always difficult to beat, aren't they? When we play Huddersfield, especially away from home, it always seems to be a close game, doesn't it? You know, we, but we've got a good record there. I think we've won three of, three of the last four games there, or four of the last five. We've, we've, we've done well there the last few seasons, but they've been tough games, haven't they? And um, like Dan was saying there, though, if we are going to make this topic, we've, we've got really got to go there on Thursday night and, and, and get a result, really, because the, the games don't get any easier the week after we've got Leeds away, then we've got Warrington at home. So the Huddersfield away game is is definitely you know, a winnable game, I would say. Yeah, Kumitai for me, Dan, he's, he's a big forward that has to be uh, looked at. But obviously, with a massive pack like that, you know, our forwards have to stand up. But looking at our forwards, you know, it's full of graft, it's full of enthusiasm, and I'm sure they'll be uh, looking to get one over on Huddersfield on Thursday. Yeah, they will. And, you know, we're not... A, a, a team that's got, you know, not not big forwards, you know, we've got the likes of, you know, Coppe, you know, Lamataze, Mossop, you know, these are, are big players, you know, obviously we're going to be missing a couple with uh, Ben Murdoch, Masilla and Wella Harake, you know, they they add, you know, size into that pack, but, you know, we've got a good 
signs this year, which I think is is something we've we've missed over the season. You know, if someone drops out, you know, you, you look at the Warren brothers. You know, they're you know they're not slim pickings. Either they're quite you know bigging themselves, and you know they'd like to put the the weight about when they're on the pitch. So you know, yeah, we're going to have to match them. They are you know quite a, a big big team. You know, I think I think for me they'll miss Earl Crabtree this year. You know, maybe obviously he was petering off towards the end of his career, but he was still a massive player for them. One, he was a, a big unit to, to take down. And, you know, Akumatai, yeah, he's a, he's a really good running forward. Uh, and somebody, you know, you're going to have to watch. And he may appear in the battles during the week. You don't know? Yeah, obviously. Looking at the key battles, uh, Dobson against uh, Danny Brookpaul, both experienced uh, halfbacks. You know, it's going to be an interesting battle between them two to see how it comes on top. Yeah, certainly is. I mean, if you look at Huddersfield over the past few years, Danny Bruff, he's their go-to man. He's their linchpin. Everything revolves around Danny Bruff, really, doesn't it? I mean, if you can keep him quiet, you're probably going to beat Huddersfield, aren't you? A bit like Widmas were with Kevin Brown, aren't they? They seem to rely on him quite a lot, really. But, you know, Ryan Briley's there as well now, and I like Ryan. I think he's he's a good player. And if he can click, as I said before, with um, with Danny Bruff, they've got a good pair of halfbacks there. So, uh, so yeah, Michael Dobson's going to be have, have to be on his on his game on, on Thursday night. And if he can outshine Danny Bruff, I think we can come away with the two points. Yeah, another battle to look at. Leroy Kudjo, Junior Sal, both, you know, big centres. Both know where the line is. It's going to be an interesting battle between them two, Dan. Yeah, it will. You know, and it has been for... The past few seasons, you know, they seem to go, to, you know, hammer and toe on each other. Um, both big players for the respective sides. You know, Leroy Kudrow was, you know, I think, has, has he been named the captain this year for Huddersfield? Um, I think he has, I'm not sure on yeah, that. He has, he has, yeah. Yeah, he has. So, so again, you know, they seem as a, a big player and a big key figure in, in their, uh, you know, season ahead. And, yeah, you know, it's going to be a good one. But, you know, junior on his day. He can beat anybody, and he's he's very much a, a powerful player, you know. As all the you know the Samoans, you know the Fijian players that we've got, you know, in the league, they all seem to you know really enjoy the physical side of the game, and you know it's something that Junior sort of likes to do in games, likes to get physical with the opponent, he likes to you know put out his stall straight away, and yeah, it'll be a good one to watch that. Yeah, and also the full-backs, uh, Paul Lee Gasolets Red against uh, Gaz O'Brien, you know. It's, there's going to be a battle there, both quite creative. Uh, I suppose Gaskell's got a bit of a you know history of injuries and you know it might come into effect. But in this particular game, you know they're both going to be red hot. You know, looking to see who comes out on top. Yeah, they certainly are, and they're similar sort of player really. I mean, Gaskell's spent time at halfback, and it's standoff, and so's Gareth O'Brien. Before he came to Salford, he was he's really an halfback and standoff, wasn't he? Where he's played at Castleford, St Helens, and Warrington, so. Uh, Lee Gaskell, I liked him when we, we had him. I thought he was it was a classy player, but he's just been very unlucky with injuries, hasn't he? You know, last few years anyway. So you know, if he can stay fit this season and they see him in the fullback role, he, he could he could go well for them. But I thought Gas played played well against Wigan on on Saturday, and uh, you know, if we can start linking up with uh, Michael Dobson and Robert Louis again like he did last season, creating chances, you know, running out wide and that, and I think he could cause all sorts of problems for Huddersfield. Yeah. So Dan, give us your score prediction for the game. Against Huddersfield on Thursday. Well, got it wrong, didn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, uh, I think we all got it quite wrong. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll we will come out on top. I'm going to go for a close game. I'm going to go 18-14 to Salford. Yeah, I don't I don't think we should start like a tipping league because I don't. It's not very good if we start going to minus scores, Paul. Um, what do you think? What do you like in your situation? Your plan? Your prediction for the, the game on Thursday? 
Well, I'm glad we're not doing a tipping league because Salford are so hard to predict, <laughs> Rob. Uh, they have been over the years for me. You'll say one thing and it's just totally different, isn't it? Um, I'm not so sure. Um, I was going to say maybe a low-scoring game because some of the some of the, the scores this weekend just gone have been crazy scores, haven't they? Especially on yesterday on Sunday with the, with the bad weather in Yorkshire. I mean, there were some eight-six score lines. I think Wakefield won twelve. 10 or something sorry whole 112 10 or something or something daft like that so um, I don't know I think the weather's going to be better than on Thursday it's going to be a bit milder and so we might see a high scoring game so I'm going to say Huddersfield it's off the top of my head this Huddersfield 22 Salford 25 22-25 say Paul the only thing Salford's been tipping over the years is me over the edge I've tipping over the edge yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't read anything all to my prediction <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go Huddersfield uh, 12 Salford 28-12 that sounds like a decent score I think uh, I'll, take that. I'll take that I think yeah 28-12 Salford you know we don't play Wigan every week it'll be it'll be interesting to see obviously obviously Huddersfield aren't in the same class as Wigan and interesting to see what the players like you know playing against Huddersfield now and you know if they can put up a similar kind of performance um, against them on Thursday. So that was the end of this week's podcast, Paul. Another, another great show. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Really looking forward to, to Thursday night. It's, night games are always good, aren't they? They're always special on that. And uh, it's not far to go, is it, over to Huddersfield. So hopefully with this free travel on that, we can take a real big army, fill that stand behind the goals like we did on Easter Monday last year. Well, let's behave ourselves this year because it was a bit of, bit of trouble there last year, wasn't there? But yeah, I'll get down there on Thursday night and I'm sure we can get the result. And don't forget, if you buy your tickets to the club, the club get 15%, Dan. Uh, it's great, obviously, you know, if the club can get that 15%, you know, they can put it back in the coppers and reinvest it into the club. Yeah, you know, if you, if you are going to purchase a ticket, you know, I'd, I'd always advise you to do it at, at the club because uh, obviously the club do pocket, you know, quite a good uh, good percentage of ticket sales. So, you know, as I'd advise any club, you know, if you're going to buy tickets for the away game, buy them at your home club because that's where the money goes to. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and White Line Fever Radio. Thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail, and we'll see you next week.